Welcome to the Educate, Empower, and Evolve podcast. My name is Haley Vera, and I'm a lifestyle coach with my roots in holistic nutrition, personal training, and yoga. I'm admittedly a total nerd with a huge passion for gut health and optimizing human performance naturally. If you feel like you're drowning in the information available to you online, come hang out with me on the E3 podcast every single week and learn simple, effective strategies to help you balance your hormones, increase your energy, heal your guts, and optimize your mindset. I promise to provide you with science-backed knowledge and new perspectives so that you can make empowered decisions for both your health and happiness and evolve into the best version of yourself possible. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, my friends, welcome back to the E3 podcast. I'm your host, Haley Vera, and always I am so excited to be here to share some little golden nuggets of knowledge with you that you can take home, put in your back pocket, and hopefully these little nuggets of knowledge will help you to evolve into a better, more empowered version of yourself. I always say that knowledge is one of the most powerful things that we can acquire because it allows us to make empowered choices choices for ourselves that are educated and that we feel good about and feel in alignment with. And that's really what this podcast is all about, is helping you guys to you know, find the answers for your health and fitness questions, to be able to make decisions that are well-guided and coming from a place of understanding and true knowledge and not just from like guesswork or hoping that things are going to work, you know, throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. So today we're going to be talking about my five favorite foods for leaky gut. And I'm going to try and keep this like short and sweet. Some of my podcast episodes, I get really deep and nerdy and I end up talking for like 40 minutes about one amino acid. But today I'm going to make you guys a promise of keeping this short and sweet and simple so that you can just take this knowledge and then immediately apply it to your life. Maybe you're going grocery shopping tomorrow. Maybe you're going today. Here are five things that you can pick up when you go to the grocery store. Okay. So first of all, before we kind of talk about these five foods, I want to just kind of backpedal for a moment and mention that many of the foods that I'm going to talk about today are actually not fruits or vegetables. There's one fruit and there's no vegetables. And that might surprise you because a lot of times people will talk about how important fruits and veggies are for gut health. Now, as I dive deeper into understanding the gut, I understand that certain fruits and vegetables may actually aggravate symptoms of things like SIBO. And that can be due to fermentable carbohydrates or to the fibers that are difficult for our body to digest underneath circumstances of gut dysbiosis. And there are actually a lot of, I don't want to say like bad fruits or vegetables, that's not really the right word, but a lot of farming practices with herbicides and pesticides can actually impact our gut on a very strong level. Like for example, there is something called Roundup and Roundup is sprayed all over our crops, especially wheat crops. And in Roundup, there is a specific antibiotic that is called glyphosate. And glyphosate actually acts on the junctions of the gut. And so exposure to herbicides and pesticides can actually aggravate or worsen symptoms of bacterial imbalances or microbial imbalances in the gut by harming the beneficial bacteria. And unfortunately, it's a lot of the pathogenic bacteria, negative gram and harmful bacteria, or even just, it's not that it's necessarily bad, but negative gram bacteria that can actually survive those like low dose antibiotics or like chemicals and stuff in our foods. The other side of that, as I mentioned before, is the fibers and the fermentable carbohydrates that may not be digested well. 
if you do have a bacterial imbalance. And that one bacterial imbalance that we see commonly today is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And that might not mean a lot to you, but it basically means that bacteria have managed to infiltrate the small intestine. The majority of our bacteria, about 95% is supposed to hang out in our large intestine. And then upwards of that, there's maybe 5%-ish that's meant to be in the small intestine. And we end up having bacteria kind of traveling and making their way into the small intestine when we have, whether it's, you know, undigested food there, maybe we have poor hydrochloric acid production for various reasons. And anyways, so SIBO is a whole nother conversation. That's a rabbit hole. I'm not going to go down today. But if you're the kind of person who gets really bloated with, for example, cruciferous vegetables, things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, then it's possible. Now, of course, these cruciferous vegetables do have fibers in them that aren't always well digested, especially if they're undercooked or raw. So you, everyone gets a little bit of bloating and potentially gas with those vegetables. But if it's really bad, if you have SIBO that is very, if it's like, you know, kind of taken off inside of your body, then you will react very poorly to those foods. And so for a short period of time, while we are rebalancing the gut microbiome and while we're healing your gut, it's, it may be actually beneficial to reduce some of those foods. Now, I'm not out here telling you not to eat your fruits and vegetables, so please don't take it that way. I'm actually going to be releasing an ebook tomorrow, and the ebook is going to have 20 of my favorite foods for leaky gut, and I do include some fruits and vegetables in there, and one specific root vegetable actually that has antimicrobial properties that can actually be beneficial for SIBO. So there are foods that can benefit you in that situation, fruits and veggies, but five of my favorite, not for SIBO, but specifically for leaky gut and safe for SIBO at the same time are what I'm going to be talking about today. And these are five foods that I actually incorporate in my diet on like a weekly basis, like very frequently. So let's get into it. And if you guys want a copy of my free ebook, if you are listening on Facebook, then pop into my DMs tomorrow and let me know that you want a free copy and I will send you a free copy of my top 20 foods for leaky gut. And if you're listening on, on the podcast, you can find me on Facebook. It's Haley Vera, or you can find me on Instagram at Haley Vera Fitness. Just DM me ebook. I'm probably going to ask you which ebook because I have a few, but DM me ebook and I'll send you a free copy of my top 20 favorite foods for leaky gut. Let's dive into it. And like I said, I'm going to try and breathe through these and not go too deep into the science, but just give you a key point for each food and why it's benefiting your gut specifically for leaky gut. Let's just, before I get into this leaky gut, quick overview, you have a selectively permeable membrane and the selectively permeable membrane that lines your gastrointestinal tract is as thin as half of a hair. So think of it as like cellophane. Okay. And it's meant to be selectively permeable, meaning it selects what is meant to come through into the body, into the bloodstream. And when it becomes damaged or what we call as leaky or hyperpermeable or permeable, what ends up happening is we end up with pathogenic bacteria, bacterial fragments, and other particles, things like, well, for example, gluten, making their way across that selectively permeable membrane that aren't supposed to go. And it's now acting like a sieve instead of selectively permeable membrane that's choosing and intelligently choosing what needs to come from our gut into our bloodstream to be absorbed as nutrients, that's leaky gut. And it calls, causes systemic inflammation. I have lots of people saying that they might not have like gastrointestinal issues. They don't get a lot of like gas or bloating necessarily, but you might get have general fatigue, aches and pains, arthritis, brain fog. You may experience poor mental clarity, 
mood swings, hormone imbalances, skin issues like eczema, psoriasis, acne. And so leaky gut is has a systemic effect and it is not just going to stay in your gut. It's going to impact every single area of your body. So I think it's really important that I just kind of touch on that first before we get into this, because you might be thinking, ah, I don't need to listen to this because I don't think my gut's leaking. Well, you may not notice that it is becoming more and more like a sieve and less and less like that selectively permeable membrane if you're not tuned in to your body, if you're not aware of how your energy is, how your mood is, how your sleep quality is, if you don't track or pay attention to any of that, then you may be completely oblivious to the fact that your gut is very leaky. And when you start to work on incorporating some of these foods and healing it, you'll notice a big rebound in your energy, in your mood, in how deep you sleep, in how you feel, in your hormones. For women, that's going to have a massive impact on how you experience your cycle. But instead of <laughs> going up and down in like these crazy waves, you'll feel a little bit more balanced throughout the month. So it can be beneficial just to incorporate these foods, even if you don't think that your gut is leaking. I think that these are five amazing foods to incorporate. So number one is liver. And liver is definitely not the most popular food, which is why I started with it, but it's nutritional powerhouse. It's loaded with vitamins and minerals, including iron, but vitamin A, vitamin B, like lots of different B vitamins. And those nutrients are essential for repairing and maintaining a healthy gut lining. Additionally, liver is rich in something called glutamine, and you guys may have heard of this. You might even already be supplementing with it, but it's an amino acid that helps with healing the intestinal lining and reducing inflammation through the GI tract. And liver is also a good source of choline, and choline supports liver function and can also help reduce inflammation throughout the body. Now, I want to pause and talk a little bit about vitamin A because vitamin A is deficient in about 87% of the population in the US, and Canada won't be much different. And vitamin A is really important for our immune function, reducing inflammation. It's also very important for our receptors like vitamin D receptors, also key for immunity and our thyroid receptors. So important for your metabolism, sluggish metabolism, low energy, low iron, high stress individual liver is a go-to because of the B vitamins. Those are going to really help with the depletion of B vitamins through stress. And vitamin A, really great for your immune system, also for thyroid function and the absorption of vitamin D. And then we have the iron. And now for a lot of people, if there are gastrointestinal issues and you do have leaky gut, even if you're supplementing with iron or taking iron or eating foods high in iron, you may struggle to absorb it because your body will actually increase something called hepcidin, which downregulates the uptake of iron because iron is like rocket fuel for viruses. So if your body thinks it's under attack in any way, if the immune system is fired up because of leaky gut, which so 80-ish percent of your immune system lies just behind that permeable membrane. And if it is acting like a sieve, the immune system gets really mad. I'm going to keep the science simple, but the immune system gets pissed off. And that pissed off immune system is going to have an effect on things like cortisol, stress hormones, et cetera. But yeah, I think that it's just really important to understand that if you're not, if your iron is low on your blood test, or you're feeling like you struggle, if you have struggled for a long time with anemia, it could be a long-standing gut issue or leaky gut, or even like hyperpermeability where it's been going on for a long time. And you need to heal your gut in order for your body to absorb iron. And you can't just be taking iron supplements or in, like literally injecting it into yourself. Like people I know go for iron infusions. And to me, that's like the biggest facepalm. Like, why are we doing that? 
if your body is down regulating the uptake of iron, we need to fix that problem first because there can actually be a big risk for IV iron or intravenous iron because it can create toxicity in the body. So that's something to be very careful of and something I wanted to note. And as you heal your gut now, liver is going to help with healing the gut and the iron in liver is very bioavailable for your body, much more bioavailable than plant foods. Now, bone broth is my second one. So for bones, it kind of depends on what bones you're using, I guess. But I'm going to talk about both bone broth and bone marrow. Now, if you're making bone broth, for example, from chicken bones, the bone marrow isn't really exposed. You're getting more of like the gelatinous connective tissue from like the cartilage and and things like that in the bones, as well as the minerals and vitamins that are in the actual bones themselves, and less of the bone marrow, which is like inside the bone. So depends on how you're making your bone broth, but I'm going to separate these and just say bone broth. And then we'll talk about bone marrow because they're actually very different in terms of the benefits, the way that I see it. So bone broth, rich in collagen and gelatin and amino acids. Bone broth is a really good choice for supporting your gut. And I always have bone broth in the fridge. Like every time I do meal prep, I either put a whole chicken in the slow cooker and then use the bones for bone broth. Or what I'll do is I'll buy like, I guess, soup bones or what people would think of as dog bones and cook those. I would say that if you're making bone broth, good choice to go with grass-fed. If you can find grass-fed bones, grass-fed or antibiotic-free chicken, that's going to be obviously avoiding a few things that may be harmful in terms of hormone health. And it kind of goes without saying. But those nutrients that are in bone broth are really beneficial to help strengthen and repair the gut lining as well as reduce inflammation. The collagen in bone broth is particularly helpful for rebuilding the gut and can seal up the gaps that contribute to leaky gut. So I talked about that permeable membrane that's actually made of collagen-like tissue. And so we need collagen to rebuild that. And if we don't have those building blocks, then it's not going to get rebuilt. It's like trying to build a like a Lego house without the Lego pieces. We need the Lego pieces. And so we need the nutrients to actually form collagen. And while vitamin C is one of those things, there's a few things that go into collagen synthesis. We actually need the amino acids and the amino acids that are important for for collagen are things like lysine and glutamine, which we find in bone broth. So bone broth also contains some of the stem cells. Like I said, if it's the actual bone with the bone marrow that's exposed, which can be really helpful for healing and repairing the damaged tissues. But I'm going to talk more about stem cells when we get to bone marrow. So the key point for bone broth, high in collagen, essential for rebuilding the gut lining and promoting healthy connective tissue throughout the entire body. All right. So number three is pomegranate. And this is one of my personal favorites. I love pomegranate. I think they taste so good, but pomegranate is packed full of antioxidants. So like, why does that matter? Antioxidants are really good at cleaning up oxidative stress. When your body is exposed to toxins and chemicals and actually just cellular byproduct is free radicals. So You drive your car, produces emissions. You exercise your body, produces free radicals. Your body is constantly metabolizing food and there is a waste product from your cells and we call that free radicals. And those free radicals can basically go through the body and if we have too many of them or they're not cleaned cleaned up, then we end up with cell damage and DNA damage and eventually cell death. And that can really accelerate the aging process, which is why we talk about like these anti-aging foods. It's really just about antioxidants and, and managing the free radical damage. So really high in antioxidants, which will clean up that free radical damage. And one of those antioxidants is actually known as vitamin C. Vitamin C is really important, like I mentioned, for collagen production. And it's also really good for supporting the immune system. So pomegranate contains polyphenols, which are shown to support the growth of beneficial bacteria in your gut. So polyphenols are, if you want to think like fragrance and color in plants and also in herbs and spices, 
that's your polyphenols. And polyphenols are actually fuel beneficial gut bacteria, which is great because that will help with the growth of those beneficial bacteria in your gut. And that can help with the regeneration of the gut wall as well, because a lot of the beneficial bacteria actually work on healing the gut. One of them specifically that I can think of off the top of my hand is acmensia, and it's actually fed from apple pectin. So in the, the peel of the apple, there's this fiber called apple pectin, and it feeds a specific bacteria called acmensia. And acmensia actually feeds on the mucosal lining of that tissue and can actually help with regenerating it, which is really cool. So our body has this like incredibly balanced and delicate system. And when it's thrown out of balance with antibiotics or overuse of processed foods or exposure to chemicals or high stress lifestyle, then, you know, that becomes that delicate balance becomes thrown off very easily. So pomegranate was those, one of those things that I call safeguard. And I love the word safeguard. I actually kind of picked it up from my mentor because he talks about, you know, all these things that people throw out there on the internet of how to heal your gut using these supplements or these foods. And they're not always like safeguard, meaning just because cruciferous vegetables are good for you doesn't mean that they're good for you right now with this specific condition in your gut. So pomegranate is a safe thing that I can recommend to anyone. If you have SIBO, if you have leaky gut, if you have bacterial negative gram bacterial overgrowth, if you have like a degradation of your microbes, if you have less microbes than you need for my, myself, for example, I just took high dose antibiotics three times back to back for kidney infections that I, from an infection that I picked up in Mexico. And so now I'm working on rebuilding my gut flora. That's a really big focus for me right now. So beneficial bacteria can be benefited from pomegranate. They also have punistic acid in pomegranate. And it's interesting because it's one of the only foods that has this. So pomegranate seeds are really high in punistic acid, and it's a specific type of omega-5 fatty acid. Now there's like omega-3, omega-6, 9. We don't hear of 5 very often because it's super rare, but it has like a double, double benefit because the omega-5 gets converted through to omega-3, and then it actually does its job twice. So it's really powerful for managing inflammation and one of my favorite foods for that. Now, pomegranate, yes, eat the whole fruit, but you can also drink the juice. Great for you as well. Get like a cold-pressed juice, make sure it's not heavily processed. And another interesting thing is that you can actually use pomegranate peel powder. <laughs> a lot of times my clients think I'm off my rocker because I'll ask them to actually incorporate the pomegranate peel powder in like smoothies and stuff. And it tastes pretty terrible. You still need to put a tiny bit in, but it shows up like most of places that you look for it. It's like for face masks, like mix this pomegranate peel powder and put it on your face. And then my clients are like, why are you asking me to eat this? It's very safe. And just like a small amount of it can have an incredible benefit. So pomegranate peel powder is actually where we want to go for, you know, really regenerating and healing gut. And the best form of it is in a tincture. So pomegranate peel tincture hard to find. If you want me to help you find it, I do have a link for it. And uh, it is, it's not expensive by any means. It's just difficult to locate on the internet, but I have found some, and I do have a source for pomegranate peel tincture, which can be super beneficial for inflammation, regenerating the gut, beneficial bacteria, etc. You can also just obviously eat pomegranates, but the concentrated pomegranate peel tincture is amazing. So next food is coconut oil. Coconut oil is a great source, obviously, for healthy fats. A lot of people kind of go back and forth about saturated fats and blah, blah, blah. But as long as you're getting a good variety of fats in your diet, I'm not going to like pinpoint a type of fat and be like, that's bad, aside from too many trans fats, which are chemically processed fats, and we don't want to be having too many of those in our diet, very inflammatory. We need to get a good balance of fats in our diet. Coconut oil has something called lauric acid, and that actually has an antimicrobial property, which is cool, right? Because it can combat harmful bacteria in the gut. 
It's been shown particularly against, effective against the bacteria responsible for leaky gut, like candida and yeasts, and also H. pylori, which can play a big role in leaky gut, and also things like stomach ulcers, mouth ulcers. If you get a lot of stomach ulcers and mouth ulcers, you're probably experiencing an H. pylori overgrowth. We all experience H. pylori as a bacteria. The name of it sounds kind of scary and people freak out. Oh my God, H. pylori. Everyone has it to a small to a like small extent, but it is able to overgrow when we are high stress and don't slow down around our meals. That can be one of the biggest things because hydrochloric acid is meant to regulate that form of negative gram bacteria in your gut. But if you are, for example, eating in a distracted state, your body can actually produce up to 50% less hydrochloric acid. That can be a really big problem because now that H. pylori has a chance to overgrow and it can actually produce, I think it's a bicarb. I need to look at the exact compound that it produces, but it actually produces like an antacid in your stomach that, so that it, it can thrive. But that means that your food doesn't get broken down. And that can mean that now we're at a risk for things like stomach ulcers caused by that H. pylori, poor nutrient absorption. So malabsorption of fats and carbohydrates and proteins not getting broken down in the stomach where they're supposed to. And we also end up being a higher risk for SIBO. So coconut oil, really great. Now, if you want to supplement with MCT, great thing to take in the morning. MCT is very quickly absorbed and converts into energy quickly in the body. And it's a good source of fuel and energy for your gut cells as well. Also shown to reduce inflammation and promote great gut health. So that's my key point, lauric acid, antimicrobial, Great one, especially if you deal with mouth ulcers, stomach ulcers. We want to get that H. pylori infection under control. Please, if you experience acid reflux, do not assume you produce too much stomach acid. I hear that all the time, and it's it's most of the time. I can't say all the time because it's not going to be case dependent, but like 95, I could maybe, I'm totally making up statistics right now. It's a case of too little stomach acid, and we end up being prescribed antacids for it, which is so terrifying because that's just making the problem worse and not fixing the root cause of the issue, which is the lack of stomach acid because the food doesn't get broken down. And then instead of going down, we end up with it kind of sitting in our stomach and then it comes back up, right? So, and eating too much obviously can be a big part of that. So smaller portions, slowing down when you eat, taking some digestive enzymes with your food, please don't take antacids because that is going to have a very harmful impact on your gut. Bone marrow is my last one. And I know I talked about bone broth and you're like, it's the same thing. No, it's not. I make bone broth and I also eat bone marrow. So I will actually take a bone that looks like a dog bone. Yes. And I will put it in the air fryer and I will cook it. And then I will scoop out the bone marrow from the bone and you can spread it on like toast. You can mix it into stir fries or soups or stews. And it's a super nutrient dense food. Like think of the inside of your bone. Now that is where a lot of things are produced in your body, including your red and white blood cells. It's rich in collagen and gelatin and amino acids that can actually help heal and repair the gut lining. So the collagen in bone marrow is particularly beneficial, and it also contains omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, which can reduce inflammation throughout the body, and it contains stem cells. So stem cells can help support the growth and repair of the gut lining, which is important for maintaining, obviously maintaining a healthy gut barrier. Incorporating bone marrow into your diet can be as simple as I just mentioned, roasting the bones and scooping out the buttery marrow, and you can spread that on, on the toast, bread, whatever you want to do with it. It's kind of like a weird texture and very fatty. So to like, I've tried eating it on its own a few times and it's kind of weird. I, I feel much better about it if I like put it on something and then cover it with something else, but it doesn't taste bad. I think liver actually tastes way, way, way worse than bone marrow. Now I'm going to just loop back to that because everyone's like, I don't want to eat liver. I don't want to eat bones. You can buy like bone marrow in jars if you don't want to do it yourself. You can also buy liver in capsules. You can make this easier for yourself. 
The one thing I do recommend to do at home is actually your bone broth because a powdered bone broth just isn't going to have the same value as a homemade bone broth. So that's it for today, you guys. I hope this was valuable. And like I said, if you want that ebook for the other 15 foods that I recommend for a leaky gut that are safeguard, please shoot me a DM. I'm being, I'm going to be posting it tomorrow. So if you're watching this on Facebook, just look, come back to my page tomorrow and I will have an ebook for you. If you are listening to this on YouTube or on Spotify, hit me up, get into my DMs and say ebook and I will send you a free copy. All right, you guys, peace, love and personal growth. Thank you for showing up today. And I hope you have an incredible evening. And I was going to say wonderful weekend, but if you're listening to this on Spotify, it could be any day of the week. So I hope you have a very wonderful day. Thank you for being here and lending me your ears. And I will be chatting to you guys again soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E3 podcast. I had so much fun sharing my knowledge with you, and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is share this episode on your social media platforms or leave a review. If you'd like to find out about the lifestyle programs I offer online, go to healthpillars.ca and click apply today to fill out an application for coaching. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Peace, love, and personal growth.